bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. My message, and I've titled it, Believe and See. Believe and See. I believe there are things that God wants us to see in our lives. God wants us to experience some great things in our lives. And we have to position ourselves in a way that we can receive those things that God wants us to receive in our lives. And I will kindly ask you to turn with me in the gospel according to St. John, chapter number 20, and we will read verses 24 to 29. John's gospel, chapter 20, verses 24 to verse number 29. Just to remind you, John is in the New Testament of the Bible. And we are going to talk, look at the story of one of the apostles of Jesus Christ by name of Thomas. Thomas was quite an interesting character. And uh, in every group, there are Thomases. And I have every confidence that in this service today, there is more than one Thomas. I'm not sure of the female of Thomas. Is it Thomasina? Thomas what? <laughs> okay. So uh, we're going to look at the Thomas... Uh, response to life and how God, Jesus wants us to look at life and how we can believe and see the things that we expect God to do in our lives. John's gospel chapter 20 and verses 24 to 29 and let's hear the reading of God's word. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came, the other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, 
because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I almost titled my message, Believing Unbelieving Believers. The last minute, I changed it to believe and see. That was one of the struggles preachers go through, trying to find a sermon title. Can task your brain for a long time. But Thomas was an interesting follower of Jesus. And you would think that after following Jesus for so long, three and a half years, seeing miracles and seeing signs and wonders, it would be easy for such people to believe because they are used to seeing unusual things happen. They've seen dead people raised to life. They've seen cripples walking. They've seen blind people seeing. They've seen Jesus walking on water and, and, and feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of bread. Anybody who has seen such things should find it easy to believe, I suppose. And I suppose that you yourself, you'll be telling yourself, if I see such miracles, I will never have doubt in my life again. However, it is possible to see so much of God's power and yet doubt him when you need to believe him. And that was the case of Thomas. He was not new to miracles. He was not new to unusual things. He was not new, new to dead people being raised from the dead. At least in the life of Jesus, about three people had been raised from the dead. And he was aware of those. The last one had happened just about a week before Jesus died. That was Lazarus had just been raised from the dead. And so believing that a dead person could come back to life should have been easy for Mr. Thomas. But Mr. Thomas is one of those people who can live in water and be dry. One of those people who can see miracles but never really step out to believe. And I believe that he represents quite a number of people. And I hope that today we can learn a few things from him. Jesus had appeared earlier to the disciples. Thomas was not there. And when he came in, he was told, the master was here. We saw him. I suppose that if you were one of the disciples of Jesus, you would have said, hooray. But Thomas said, no, I have my own conditions for dealing with life. This is how I deal with life. I'm not like you. You are just excited about things. As for me, unless, unless, he didn't even say unless I see him. He said, unless I see the prints in his hand. That means even if he's resurrected and the prints have been healed, I won't believe. I need to see the print in his hand. Then I need to put my finger into the print. He was very particular about what he said. My finger, because you can't put your hand in the print. My finger in the print. I need to put my finger in it. 
Then I need to look at the one on his side because I was there when they pierced him with a spear. I saw it. And that one is big enough. So I need to put my hand, not my finger, my hand in there. Obviously, when he was saying that Jesus had it, although he was not physically there, he had it. Because when Jesus came, he also used the same phrases. Thomas, reach your finger into my hand and your hand into my side. He heard exactly what Thomas said. And Thomas concluded his thesis with this remarkable statement. Unless I, Thomas, put my finger into his hand, the print in his hand, and my hand into the side, I will not believe. And he had determined what would make him believe and what he would not believe. And it's interesting because it meant that if Jesus appeared to Thomas and Jesus' hand was behind him, Thomas would not believe. He had determined what would make him believe. And it's good to be uh, very scientific. Because a lot of you here are very scientific and you want proof, evidence. And you want all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed and everything laid out before you believe. And until it happens your way, you won't believe. All right. So let's examine a few things about Thomas's attitude. This is what I call the Thomas attitude. It could be the Margaret attitude as well. The Thomas attitude. What is the Thomas attitude? Number one, the Thomas attitude doubts the promises of God. It doubts the promises of God. Now, why do I say the Thomas attitude doubts the promises of God? Because Jesus had said, I will be crucified and I will rise again the third day. It's a promise. He promised he would die and he died. As a matter of fact, he promised he would die at a time that the disciples thought he was not ready to die. But because he promised it, it happened. If he promised he would die and he died, if he promised he would be crucified and he was crucified, if he promised that wicked men will give him up and wicked men gave him up, then it stands to reason that the second promise will also come true because he said, I will die and I will rise again. But Thomas does not really believe the promises of God. Thomas doubts the promises of God. Secondly, the Thomas attitude denies the works of God. When a report is given that God has worked, that something supernatural has happened, Thomas is a cynicist or he's a cynic, a skeptic, agnostic he hears it but he denies it the resurrection had taken place one week and he still didn't believe it had taken place everybody was saying it had taken place he still didn't believe he denies the works of God thirdly the Thomas attitude 
devalues the testimony of other believers. The other believers came and, and testified. We saw him. He's alive. Now prior to this, those who went to the tomb had been told by an angel he was alive. Some of them had seen him. Then he had shown himself to the disciples, to the apostles, but Thomas devalued their testimony. There are Thomases who devalue other people's testimony. Tell them what God has done in your life and they would play it down. They would tell you, oh, are you sure it's true? Do you think it's God? Maybe it's not the way you saw it. People experience God, they share their testimony, but Thomas will always devalue the testimony of other believers. And if you have that attitude, you cannot experience the great things of God. Because when God gives you a promise, you must believe it. When God works, you must accept it, you don't deny it. And when you hear so many believers testify about the work of God in their lives, you have to be encouraged by it. You don't have to devalue it. Because most of the time, what God does in people's lives or other people's lives is an indication of what he can do also in your life. If he has healed somebody, he will heal you too. If he has provided somebody's need, he will provide your needs too. So don't devalue the testimony of others. That is the Thomas attitude. Number four, the Thomas attitude demands to see before believing. Thomas, I suppose, is a Ghanaian. And I suppose if he was a Ghanaian, he would be a trotro driver. And he will write at the back of his trotro, seeing is believing. That is service of Mr. Thomas. He demands to see before believing. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. And we're going to examine the limitations of his attitude. And number five, the Thomas attitude depends on the physical senses. Depends on the physical senses. I need to see it I need to touch it. I need to see it. I need to touch it. If I don't see it and I don't touch it, it's not real. How many of you know that there is reality that you don't see? Do you know there is reality that you don't see? Oh yes. Whilst we are seated here, there are waves in this auditorium. As a matter of fact, my microphone is emitting waves because this is a cordless microphone. When I speak into this mic, there's nothing that connects it to the amplifiers and to the speakers. But when I speak into this, there is a radio receiver that takes the waves of my words and transmits them to the amplifier and the amplifier transmits them to the speaker but you don't see that there are radio waves here from Australia to Azerbaijan they are all here if you have a shortwave radio you can tune in to a station in Australia 
You can tune in to a station all over the world. If you have an FM radio, you can tune in to stations within your locality. All the radio stations in Accra are functioning right now. They are in the air, but you don't see it. Can you say that because you don't see it, it's not there? Can you imagine somebody who does not understand the concept of radio comes in here and you tell him, oh yeah, there are radio waves here. He says, I can't see it unless I see it. I cannot believe it. There are television waves here. So there are things you don't see which are real. And there are things you cannot touch which are real. If radio waves cannot be seen and are real, I'm here to suggest to you there is also something which is at work here that you don't see. It is called the Spirit of God. It is called the power of God. It is called the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And He is at work here. But you don't see it. And the fact that you don't see does not mean it's not real. It was said of Jesus that as he preached, the power of God was present to heal, but the people couldn't see it until four friends lifted their friend who was paralyzed through a roof and dropped him, descended the body of the, of the sick person right in front of Jesus. And the person received their healing. But the healing waves were there. There is healing waves in this place. There is prosperity waves in this place. There are power waves in this place. How do I know? Because Jesus said, where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I am there. It's not only radio waves here. God is here. His power is here. His goodness is here. His favor is here. But if you don't have the right receiver, the waves will be all around you, but you may not be able to receive. The Thomas attitude only focuses on what the naked eye can see. Let's look at the kind of faith that Jesus recommends. Thomas was granted his wish and it was an act of mercy for Jesus to teach us a lesson. But for some of you and for most of us, if we don't believe, we will never see. Thomas didn't believe, but he saw. And Jesus used it to teach a lesson about how we have to do the reverse, how we have to believe first before we receive. And Jesus says, Thomas, and isn't it amazing when, when Thomas said it, saw it, he said, my Lord and my God. I can almost imagine the guy put his finger right through the prince of Jesus and it came out. Ooh. And then he put his hand into his side and he came out. Then he said, oh God, and he fell to his knees. Now he was worshiping. And Jesus said, it's fine, Thomas. It's fine that you're believing at this time. But really, this is not how I want you to believe. The ones who are truly blessed are not you. But they are those who believe first before they see. There are those who see and then believe. 
And then there are those who believe and then see. And the highest form of faith is the one which believes before it sees. And Jesus says, those people are blessed. So what is the kind of faith that Jesus recommends for us after observing the Thomas attitude? Jesus recommends the kind of faith that believes before it sees. It believes before it sees. It's like somebody who, is, who says, God, if you really heal me, then I will know that you are God. What is he saying? I want to see before I believe. And God says, that's not how I operate. Lord, if you, if you, really, if you really do this for me, then I will know that you are truly God. Oh, you didn't know he was God. Lord, if you can solve this problem for me, then I will know that there's no God like you. Then you will never know. Because he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. If you want to please God, you don't start by seeking a sign. You start by believing him and then he produces the sign. He says, signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. Those who believe don't run after signs and wonders. The signs follows the believers. The believers don't follow the signs. You want to see signs and wonders? You start with believing. Believe before you see. Secondly, the faith that God, Jesus recommends, builds confidence in the promises of God. It is a faith that says, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. God promised it, I believe it, that's the end of the matter. God says he would do it, I believe it, it is done. He says I'm the head and not the tail, I believe it and I will never be the tail. He says he, he will never leave me nor forsake me. I believe it so I know I'm not forsaking. He says he's the Lord that heals me. I believe it so I believe I'm healed. I don't say Lord heal me. Then, then I will know that you are God. No. He says believe I can heal you. And I will heal you. If you want God to show himself before you believe him. You may never see him. You may never see him. You believe first. That's what Jesus recommends. You have to have confidence in his promises. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otterville. Email Otterbill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.